1: Surprised as how to, you know, if you go out to a nightclub and a guy buys you a drink, he kind of expects you to go home with him. And I'm like, what? (laughs)
0: Like, you know, it was just. I was like, (laughs) I'm a. Listen, honey, if I'm going home with you, it's like a. That's a five drink minimum. For me to be sexually attracted to you, you have to be the man. One of the things that makes you the man is that you know how to treat a woman. And when you're out on the town, you are treating her. I can let my guard down. I don't have to be the man in the relationship. I need and want certain things out of whether it's a casual sexual relationship or a deep, deep relationship. I still need to know that the guy I'm with, like he's the man. What I've found is that my on-paper criteria doesn't always match up with what I need that's best for me. Right. And so the most pivotal relationships I've had have been ones where I was just like, I don't even think I like this guy, you know? And then all of a sudden, boom, fireworks. Yeah. It's hot, it's sexy, and it goes from there. I love all of that fun Juicy, sexy stuff. And I just know that for me, I can't live without those things. Hey guys, well, I'm very excited and I want to welcome Angie from the podcast Too Old for This Shit. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you, Layla. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. Oh, I know me too. I can't wait to dive in. So I'm just going to kind of jump right in. First of all, I love the name of your podcast too old for this shit. And I want to know how did you pick that name? And I've got a couple questions. Let's go through. I'll say them all now, but we'll kind of go through them in order. You know, I want to know how you picked that name and how you got into podcasting, what your show's about and kind of what inspired all of this. So basically, what
1: happened was that I think just before I came up with the podcast idea, I had been flirting with having one for about a year or two prior, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. And so, until I was sure, I didn't want to start. And about, so this was in, so in December 2018, it was a Sunday morning. I woke up and there'd been a few things that had happened over the last couple of months. And I was just, you know, I'm just going through this like, just, ah. So this one Sunday morning, I I wake up and it's a typical like London day. It's cold and gray. And I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth and and get ready. And I remember I looked at myself in the mirror and I just went, I'm too old for this shit. And I live alone. So the effect fell on nobody else but myself. Yeah. And it was just like, Just too old for this, and in that moment, I knew exactly what the podcast should be about, and that's when I realized, like, I wanted, I wanted to talk about things that I'd only learned after forty, and I wish I'd known at eighteen, and that's just how that was the main big idea at the beginning, and then from there, sort of like, sort of like niche down a little bit, but so it was mainly just to have anyone who you know, so it's interview based mainly, and to have people to come on and either who've been through something and share what they've learned, but there had to be enough time and space from that event so they could share with humor. Like I need to be able to poke at them a little bit, then poke at me and laugh at it. Like, you know, it has to be a bit, you know, has to keep it humoristic. And so, yeah, it was, I was covering so many topics at the beginning and then I sort of narrowed it down. And so, you know, I talk a lot about sex, dating, health, relationships, but it's mainly all around human nature, misfits, Relationships, that's what it's about. So, from mental health to sex, to you know how to love and be loved,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. love it, yeah, it's a great, I mean, I was like, I love that name, yeah, because <laughs> I can relate. I think that's kind of when I, for me, my little epiphany was after just being celibate for three and a half years, you know, it was like maybe it was, it was. I'm too old slash young for the, to go down like this shit. Like I can't, this can't be it. Like I, this cannot be my final curtain call here. Like I just fade into the background. I'm not even that old. What the F am I doing? You know, like get out there, stop wasting the pretty, live your life, have these experiences. Why have you shut off this huge component, our sexuality? Why have you shut this off? What's going on with you, woman? Wake up. So that was a, yeah. that was kind of my uh, in the bathroom teeth brushing moment where I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You are just wasting this. So I get it. Do your friends and family know about your podcast and uh, what you do? And so, you know, what's been the feedback? And I'm also curious about just the feedback overall from your listeners. Yeah. So my family doesn't know, like they know I do a
1: podcast, but I don't tell them why. Just Simply because... <laughs> Well, how Um, do you avoid that? I don't get it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) to be honest, I think most of them don't really know what a podcast is. So it kind of helps. Wait, so you just say like, I do a podcast,
0: but I can't tell you the name or like...
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is sort of like an agreement that there's certain things that I don't share or talk with them about. So the thing is also like I talk about, you know, my first squirting experience and that's not really a conversation I have with my mom or, you know what I mean, it's just so it's kind of like a privacy thing as well. Okay. And just to, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that eventually I will share it, but my friends know. My friends do know. Yes. No, I think, well, they're not going to say they hate it. <laughs> Just because they're my friends, yeah. but uh, no, I think I think all of them do do love it. They do say they do sometimes like you know they'll comment. And they say, "Oh, this week was great because of XYZ Or I have a I have a, a friend. She called it. She says, "I think you do invest." I wrote it down because so I knew you were going to ask that question and I wrote it down because I, I can't remember that sentence. She said, "Investigative journalism into the zeitgeist, whatever that means." But yeah, okay. She does yeah. That. No, so yeah. yeah, I think I think I'm pretty good feedback. I knew her because she was a listener. So we, then we met in real life eventually. She's a great friend now. So yeah,
0: Curio- <laughs> we, crossed, okay. we broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Okay. So let me go back and just clarify. Your parents, there is a disconnect between sex and their parental dynamic, I guess. Like they don't, this is something that wasn't talked about a lot in your home or growing up. Yeah, we don't talk about, we do, yeah, no, we don't talk about sex. Is this a cultural about- thing? I mean, I know you're a
1: Scandinavian, not necessarily. I mean, I'm so my, my mom is from Scandinavia, but my dad is from Algeria. But I grew up with her, and I grew up in Belgium, so it's a bit like of a bit of a mixed situation. Yeah. But no, it's not. Uh, no, because in, in Scandinavia, people are quite open. It's not That's that. What I it's not. Yeah. It's just a uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean that we go around and talk about sex with our parents. But I think some people. I think it's more like family centric, to be quite honest. It's the culture yeah. of the family, not so mm-hmm. much the culture of the country. So it's just like subculture, really. Yeah, and I can't imagine myself now. I talk about it.
0: I felt, um, yeah. So what I find so, in what yeah. I, I like to talk to people about this. I always like everybody that I have on. I'm like, tell me about. I want to know about your family dynamic around sex because I felt like it was so in my face more than I wanted it to be. Not in a bad way. Not like you know. Not nobody was walking around naked, but my mom, I think, went. She just went completely the opposite direction because my grandmother was so conservative that and when she when my mom like first time got her period, you know, in high school at some point, my grandma just handed her a book. (laughs) And that was it. There was no sex talk. It was like she just gave her a book like, okay, you read this and figure it out. So my mom wanted to go completely the opposite and just make sure that I was over-informed. And I was telling another, uh, someone that I had on the show, like in third grade, my mom, that was the first time she talked to me about it. And I was just like, I don't want to know about this stuff. I don't want to have this conversation. You know, Mom was like, you can just talk to me about anything. It's, you know, it's open. I'm like, oh, too much information, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so, I don't
1: even think we've ever had any of that those conversations at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's weird if I do, it just feels really weird. So, but so I know funny. I have friends who talk about sex with their parents. So they talk about their white night stand and I'm like, wow, like that's good for you like
0: yeah yeah I mean it's again just like my mom was the first one that pointed out to me when I was first started having sex because I you know she said well are you you know she had a boyfriend and she's like well are you guys having sex you know I said well yeah we're having sex and she said uh well is he doing anything for you and I was like well what do you mean oh I like that yeah she goes well is he making sure you have an orgasm you know I'm like I'm 17 I'm like Uh, no, I don't even know if he knows how to make a woman have an orgasm. You know, it's just like, oh, again, this is, but but it planted the seeds, you know, it was really just interesting about, Mm -hmm. I always find it fascinating how people get their exposure to it, however they get it and then what they take from that moving forward. And so for me, that was important, you know, to hear at the time I didn't process it, obviously, didn't become relevant and I didn't really uh, realize the value of that statement until somewhere down the road. But it was important to hear, you know, and I am glad that, you know, even though I was like, what is she talking about? (laughs) I'm glad that I heard it. Um, That's it. Yeah. I mean, and then obviously as I growing up and moving along and, and into adulthood, we had a very overly open, overly sharing dynamic about it. So that I always really appreciated that aspect of her as a parent to me, just like, yeah, thanks for that. Thank you for for being open with that. Yeah, okay, and so,
1: also she was going to say one thing about it. That was probably the best thing to say was that, is he making sure that he, is you know, that he's giving you space and making sure that you have an orgasm as well. I mean, that's that's probably like, if there was one thing you'd want the parent to tell you to inform yeah. you, that would probably be that, that one thing, isn't it?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. So the point of that was just that, hey, you know, just know that your pleasure <laughs> is important too. Yeah. And, and it's a two way. I remember also, you know, another thing my mom was like, Well, if a guy's selfish in bed, he's always gonna be selfish. Like, get rid of him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's what yes. she told me. It's like if he's selfish, if he's a selfish lover, get rid of him. You know, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It makes you too unhappy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. So we've already established, and I'm sure people can hear from your accent. You're, you know, you're not, uh, you're not from the U.S. You and you've already explained, you have a, you're now living in London, but you, you're, an, and you're an expat. And so you've just, you've had a lot of different experiences culturally. And <laughs> in your opinion, you know, do you feel sexual struggles and like interpersonal relationships and those types of struggles, are they universal? Or do you feel that some of it could be more culturally specific?
1: I think that actually a lot of the feelings that we all have, you know, that we want to be loved or we're scared of being disappointed or hurt or that we want to be seen and all these different feelings that we want within. Was it within dating? Like, yeah, you mean, yeah, I think we all sort of go through the same feelings. I think what sometimes is different. Sometimes it could be like, you know, financial, stuff, for example, you know, in Denmark, my experience was, is that it's a lot more 50-50 types of relationship, but ac- across the board and also like how fast people expect to have sex. But that was when I was living there. This is like, you know, going back, this is over 20 years ago. Yeah. Obviously, I go back that, you know, only you know for holidays and visits. So I don't actually live there to be able to, to sort of know really about the culture. But I remember that was the thing I noticed the difference between that and Belgium and also really how... How people are labelled if they have X amount of partners, or if they if they have mm-hmm. sex too soon, quote unquote too soon yeah, for the culture. They're slutty. I think about right, well, exactly. Yeah, they're slutty. Don't marry that girl. You know, it's always the girl that's the issue, and no, never the guy. And, right? Uh, yeah, I exactly. Think, I think the, Not him. Yeah, which is. Exactly, you know, he's always the stallion.
0: Quote, yeah, unquote. He's just <laughs> but he's but sowing he, his wild oats, and she's slutty.
1: Yeah, he's doing what he's supposed to do. And It's like, yeah. oh, fuck off. But the thing is, <laughs> I think a lot of those things are just they're just. Conditioning is really is like it seems like culture, but it's all limiting beliefs. I think at the end of the day, like the feelings that we all go through, we want to be accepted for who we are, which is whether, you know, how v- vivacious we are sexually or how or a bit more demure we are about it. Maybe we need a bit more time. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you know, and to be loved and seen and free in love and in sex, that is something that I think a lot of us desire, regardless of, you know, what the culture seems to be wanting to tell us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm... That's what I'd say about that. Yeah.
0: I lo- no, I I thank you. I mean, I, I really appreciate that because I I agree with you. I just, I think a lot of these human basic needs and, you know, I think a lot of the stuff is universal and I think you can definitely have little nuances, but, you know, I kind of think at our core, we're so much more the same than we are different. And I think I, yes. I, I always like kind of investigating that. So I heard you refer to yourself, you're an expat, a, you <laughs> yeah. know, so you're a Scandinavian living in the UK. Yeah. And... What do you think the biggest differences there are in dating? You know, where you're from versus where you are currently. So in
1: terms of actually, I, I like to almost like add a difference with Belgium, because that's where I grew up. And that's what okay. sort of like almost formed the idea of dating. And then when I went okay. to Denmark and England, there was different things. But I think like, for example, with dating, like culturally, I find like, for example, in Belgium, it was pretty much a given that the guy pays for the meals and the dinners out and, you know, is this more like chivalry. Yes. And again, this is going back, this is dating back in the yeah. 90s. Okay. So yeah. I don't know what it's like now. But uh, and then when I went to Denmark, I was surprised as how to, you know, if you go out to a nightclub and a guy buys you a drink, he kind of expects you to go home with him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, it was just like, I was like,
0: <laughs> I a I'm listen, a, honey, if I'm going home with you, it's like a, that's a five drink minimum. Like there's, you're, <laughs> You're going to have to pony up more than one drink. It might be like a drink, yeah. dinner and some shopping. I mean, we're not- yeah, this, this thing costs money. Uh, yeah. And so, right. and, then in, and I guess I like can, in the, in England, well, I guess I, I say, you
1: will say like London, it's a mixed bag, really mi- mixed because it is so multicultural here. And there's a lot of subcultures as well. And I think, so, th- and I think it's even different. I can't even say like London as a whole, how it is because I find that, you know even between me and my friends we disagree as how to for example who should pay yeah. on a date which is you know it is a, a simple thing but it's actually very complex no one's agreeing everyone's annoyed and uh so those things are different but i think yeah i'd, I'd say but i think in london it's easier to find someone who would agree with your way of dating because there's so many so many different it's diverse. people here yeah it's so diverse yeah you bet you, you're bound to find someone who's who's down with it. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So would you, what is your, I guess, what is your personal belief on that? Like who should pay?
1: Okay. So that had changed over time, but I, I think I've gone back to my roots of like growing up in Belgium that I say going back to my roots, but also realizing actually how I feel about it. Because for me, I think like if I'm on a night, like if I'm out on a date with a man, he's paying. He's paying for the meal. Just taking the dinner. To me, he's paying. There's nothing that drives me up faster than splitting the bill or paying for the bill when I'm out on a date with a man. Even when it's a boyfriend, even when it's a committed relationship, it's to do with the, the, the dinner plate. I don't know what it is. It's deeply ingrained in me. And I've I've done it. I've I've been in 50-50 relationship. I've been out with broke guys. I have been out with a man who was making way more money than me and actually even paid for a dinner. And this was a boyfriend paid for for the dinner. And I can tell you every time it's like, (gasps) she's like, no, we're closed. We're not not wanting them near you. It's like, I can't, so I have to be honest with myself. I don't care if it's policy correct or not. I don't give a shit. It's just that it's going to turn me off. And it's just really, there's something about it. Like if it's a friend, It's different. I've taken male friends for their birthday. Take them out for a meal. Yeah. Very different. But no, if it's romantic and if I'm paying, I'd rather pay for the whole bill and never see you again than having to. Exactly. And I I stayed around too long before on 50-50 relationship. It's just no, no.
0: I am so, I agree. I don't, you know what? And I don't think you should have to apologize for that. I'm the same way. No. I know like I think here's where it comes from. And I actually appreciate you just your honesty because I feel like men should understand this and also women if they're if they're a little on the fence about it. I for my personal dating style, there's just a natural order of things. And I think men should be men and women should be women. I believe when you're in a long-term yeah. relationship with somebody, you can do kind of like how you guys want to divvy up your finances is really up to you. Personally, I can say that, you know, when I'm in a committed relationship, I like it to be more 80, 20. I don't mind picking mm-hmm. a tab and spoiling. I love to spoil a man in all kinds of ways. But I feel that for me to be sexually attracted to you, you have to be the man. One of the things that makes you the man is that you know how to treat a woman. And when you're out on the town, you are treating her. I grew up going out where the guys, even the men I dated, wouldn't, if I'm out with my girlfriends... Sometimes they'd call ahead to the where we were and pay ahead for us. They would make wow. sure we had cars yeah. to drive us around so that nobody was driving drunk. They would also, or if that's they were the real with, man right there, or if they were there with yeah. us, if they were there with us, there is no way in heck they would let any woman in my group, any female friend, pay for a drink because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what the man, you know, the, that's. A male domination dominated type of role and mentality. Now, I, and again, I'm not talking about trying to break this guy financially. This is not. I'm not talking about any kind of sugar daddy stuff. That's a whole nother ball game. It's just about being. Yeah, you're not. You're not asking
1: for a Tesla to go out for a, no, a dinner. No, no. It's you just, just about. It's, it's just. I mean, a, why not? Yeah. But
0: <laughs> it's just part yeah. of what I believe. Dominant men and a true man does. That's and and that's not to say I'm not trying to say that I'm right and somebody couldn't, you know, isn't a man if they're not doing that. But for me and going, let's get down to the, you know, brass tacks of it is that my pussy is not going to get wet if I'm splitting the bill with you or if you're if you're not when that bill comes, you don't pick it up right away. If it's I mean, if there's a hesitation, I will sit there until you pick it up. I'm not going to, but I'm going to make note of that. I'll tell you what, I'm going to make note of that and I won't be fucking you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. No, but, you know, but it's true because, you know, I love that you say that because it really is a case of like, I have to get really honest with myself because I grew up, you know, I grew up in, with a very, you know, um, my mom's a single mom and very independent. She sacrificed a lot for my education and stuff yeah. like that. You know, she will never tell me that. She never says that. But I know like I'm a grown up now and yeah, I can see, you looking back. Sure, I know what she's done for me and how much further she's put me on the map in terms of how. You know for her you know she really really paid it forward for me so i'm very cognizant to that and so i used to think that oh i have to make sure that i don't feel like i owe the guy anything so i'm going to split it 50 50 i want to show that i don't even want him to think i'm using him i had all these like misconceptions in my head and then when i realized wait what the fuck am i doing that's not it's not about that and then also it's like so that so when i realized that but i also as I was still doing it. So if I had a boyfriend that was like 50-50, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to split it, split it, split it. But you know what? I realized that I never felt totally comfortable with it and I never felt appreciated and I never felt I could completely relax with them. I never felt like I, I didn't feel really safe in that way. And I think like there is something to it when someone he's just like he's got it and I had to really practice it for myself going on dates and not even pretending to do that like going into my purse, pretending I'm going to like, you know, or I say, oh, do you want us to split it? You know, I used to be that girl, right? And I had to literally force myself to just sit and go, you know, because also like, Obviously, I'm not like here, like on the video, like, you know, I'm not bringing it. I mean, I have my personality, right? But like, you know, I'm on a date, you know, I come, I arrive ready, you know, and I'm there and I know how I make him feel and I know how I feel and what I bring to that table. And I have to literally go, he gets to actually pick up the tab. Yeah. He gets to feel like a man. He gets to feel like a man. And the guy will literally, and I've noticed it now, I don't even budge. I don't react because I'm, I'm, I'm single, so I'm not like dating. I literally sit with it, and I don't even. I, I'm not even seeing that bill arriving sometimes, and just, it just gets taken care of. And the guy who some guys are really good, they don't even want me to see it. Yeah, they don't even want you to see what the number is. Yeah, it's just like got it. They're almost offended if the way to try and put it my way. Right. So I think yeah, and that and that to me is like. It's nice, like it's really, really nice. I'm glad I got to realize this a bit late in in the game, but still.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, and I think again, what what I think it I think for, sounds like for you and I, what it equates to is that for me, it, it equates to trust and that this is someone that's that's got me because he's actually yeah. the man, and I can let my guard down. I don't have to be the man in the relationship yeah. I need and want certain things out of whether it's a casual yeah. sexual relationship or a deep, deep relationship. I still need to know yeah. that the guy I'm with, like he's the man, like he's, he's got yeah. it going on. And yeah. so that's just part of what makes things hot and sexy for me. And if I feel like I'm with a guy that I'm splitting 50 50 in my mind, you know, because I am such a dominant type a achiever out in the business world, if he's splitting it with me, he's a beta male. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I'm like, I will crush, you know, and then then all this masculine energy kind of comes out. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you make my that's girl. It you make my girl boner go down because I'm like, I will crush you. You're not, you are my, yeah. if you're my equal, that's not sexy. You know, like I'm like, Mm-mm. Yeah. I yeah, have to yeah, have no, this yeah. re- level of respect for you and desire yeah. for you and sexual yeah. attraction. And it doesn't come with, we're splitting the, Let's the dinner we're splitting and, and, the check while we're dating. If you're trying to court me and impress me, this is just not doing it. <laughs>
1: it's not doing it. And also like, it's almost like even deeper than that, isn't And it? it's like, there is, because sometimes people are like, oh, it's not fair and this and that. It, it, it's got nothing to do with, I think, like, you know, sex and love. There's nothing, sex and love should not be it's not about what's fair, right, or politically correct. So nothing to do with that, I think a lot of it is very healing and transcending. But also the thing with like, you know, we're splitting the bill. So, you know, let's say even if you're like an equal salary, it's more the fact that when we let him and I know people are going to say, that's so entitled, you let him pick the bill, boohoo you. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm letting him pay him the bill. And I like, t- tell you why in exchange, what I get and what he gets is that he actually feels even more caring and protective over me. I'm getting a nicer guy out of it because I can tell you that I've had, I've done 50-50, I didn't necessarily have a caring person at all. They're not necessarily more caring. I've, I've also tried paying for the bill. Fires back. You don't get a more equal dynamic because you are doing 50-50. And it's almost like saying, if we're going to do 50 50 on the bill, I tell you what, we're going to do 50 on everything else. I'm going to put half of the effort in sex. I'm going to put half of the effort. In I'm going to do half of the effort of getting ready. I'm going to put half my clothes on. And then, you know, I'm just going to do half and half. And do you know what? Actually, for sex, I'm going to put a tippy mm-hmm. jar in so that you put in your half in that as well. We're just going to split everything. It makes no sense. And it's so, it's like until we see that and and I guess like if you want to I think that's more like if we wanna have someone like you say like who's a bit more alpha and there's a lot of misconception I think around that. But if you want someone who's a bit more I like a shiv I like chivalry. Yeah. I like a man's man, right? Yes. But with a big gentle with a big gentle heart, right? But it's um so that's where for me, I realized that's the dynamic I want, that's the dynamic I love. But if I wanted to be the alpha person, I would need to go with someone who needed me to look after him a bit more or do the 50-50 or who, you know, someone who's a bit more beta because that, that fits, right? It's all about the polar- polarity. So if I yeah. want to be feminine, otherwise I'm like you, I will, I'll become the bossy bitch. I don't, I mean, that's what I heard a bit. I know you didn't say those words, but yeah, I become no, a busty bitch and I hate it. I can't climax and I'm a busty bitch. I can't do it. No, I'm busty bitch. I'm like, no, we're going here. We're going there. Don't sit here. We do this. Can we do? I, mean, I don't want to be in that kind of control mode because yeah. then I can't be in my feminine and I need to be in my feminine because I'm in my masculine the whole day. <laughs> oh, it's nice yes. to not make decisions. You know? Right.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're going to we're going to delve into that just a little bit and a little bit later in the conversation, because <laughs> I'm going I am going somewhere with this. <laughs> OK, so I want to talk about, you know, I listened to some of your podcasts are mostly from this past season. I think I went into one from the previous year, but I loved So I kind of just listened to the titles I was drawn to. And then I had some questions about those. And I also want to kind of give people the opportunity to get a little more familiar with the types of subjects And things that you're covering in your podcast. But I listened to the Cost of Love interview with Haley McGee. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know, you know, do you think we idealize past relationships or tear them down? And what was your biggest takeaway from that podcast? Because I know as she sort of did like this postmortem on past relationships, do you think that we tend to, as women, once it's gone, it's better than it really was, or we actually go, Oh, you know, thank God <laughs> that's you know in what? the think, mirror. <laughs> yeah,
1: I do know. I think it depends on what serves us best, right? So if we're actually hoping to get back with a person, we're going to idolize it if we're kind of hoping oh. that you know, we kind of want to get back with them. You know, like there's always a phase at the beginning of a breakup. you are like, it's all my fault. I should have, you know, that's me. I'm yeah. like, it's all my fault. I should have done this, and then I get really angry. I'm like, no, look at what he did. So I think sometimes like to be able to get over it, we almost have to tear it down a little bit, parts of it, that it wasn't actually perfect. It wasn't ideal. And we all both did the best that we could, but effectively it didn't work out. And if the other person was as willing as you were to make it work, you'd still be together. So... I think, yeah, I think it depends. I mean, I think that's probably just one relationship I would say I still idolize a little bit. Not as in I would want to go back with him, but that was the most profound relationship I had. And that's the one where I was like, I, I know we loved each other. Like we yeah. really did love each other. and That's a long time ago. But um, not to say that the relationships I've had since haven't been good, but like, I can feel there's like a difference that there was a deep difference. Maybe it was an age thing. Who knows? But yeah, I think so. Was, what,
0: what was it? The, was there an
1: age gap? Uh, no, I mean, there was uh, I was younger. So I was oh, in my okay. 20s. So I don't know if we we're both in our 20s and we both made stupid mistakes and we were very mature. But that was the relationship where I learned that, you know, when you when you were someone and you love them and you think. Well, that's as much love as I can ever possibly have for that person. Like, you know, I'm. that's it. That's the amount of love I can. And then something happens and all of a sudden you go, oh, my God, there's even more love. I didn't know I, had, I even yeah. had that. Oh, it was also the first person I experienced where, like, oh, can't stand you for like, like I could stand him for a few days. I was like, oh, I can't need to get away from you. You know, yeah. and then, you know, all of a sudden you like can't get enough of them. You know? So it was all these a lot of learning things with him and. And I know that he truly did love me,
0: you know, but we're very young, very young. So, um, so, yeah, so you still, you know, I guess um, there's a part that's still kind of a little idealized about that or or it's a bit of a benchmark, it sounds like for it's it's a bit of a
1: benchmark of in terms of I tell you what it is actually a benchmark for is that it was the best sex I had because that was where I could truly really relax with him.
0: Mm-hmm. I could truly
1: relax with him. I did feel I felt completely respected. So I could completely let myself be disrespected, if that makes sense. I could completely there was a lot of trust between in, in that a- arena with him and I. So that's the thing that I feel like I, I haven't really had. I've had, you know, I've had obviously I've had good sex since, but not to that level of depth, I feel. You know, it 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 took a special kind of dynamic to be able to really just have so much fun. Um, so, on that
0: level, I would say. When you said disrespected, are you talking about... <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, I guess, obviously, that's, that was pretty tame, to be honest, in terms of, like, when I look back. But, like, you know, I, that was it's probably, like, the best dirty talk I ever had was with him. Okay. Like, the okay. best ever, like, things like that. And just... Um, yeah, and do like you know? Um, I mean, we did all. I mean, that was the first time I did like you know, sex in in weird places was with him. I never felt disrespected, if that makes sense, regardless yeah. what it was that we did. It wasn't in in a sense of like, well, I guess like maybe like what you're thinking about. Like, there's loads of er- areas I want to go to, which we didn't explore. You know, I didn't know at the time as much about my sexual preferences, but yeah. So, but I I would say, yeah, the experience of that, there was a lot of care and gentleness. And I know that's what I need so that I can go into those different zones with a partner. Yeah. Go to the edge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like somebody's, yeah, pushing you. Yeah. I mean, I think that people forget, you know, we always have goals and changes and things in mind for self-improvement in almost every area of our life, except our sex lives, and we all know mm. that everything is changing and growing. So to believe that you're just going to stagnate in this one aspect of your life is kind of ridiculous, you know. And but yeah. nobody puts yeah. it's so taboo. It seems like to if you say, well, you know, what's a, you know, like you said, what's a New Year's resolution? You're like, well, this year I'm going to have more sex, or I have a sex bucket list and I'm going <laughs> to knock stuff off. People be like, oh, what? You know, like that's crazy. Well, no, it's not, you know. Well, I, you, should
1: have a vision board for, you should have a vision board for your sex life, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Why Why, not? <laughs>
0: I know. We, you know, again, like all of this, all of this growth and development applies to just about every, damn near every area of your life. But, you know, when it comes to sex, it's like... <gasps> oh no, you know, like, no, 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 that's, that's not acceptable. Well, why not? It certainly is. And I think yeah. people that do put time, effort, energy and make a conscious effort to improve that area, explore more things, be more open, have more partners, or even get closer to their current partner with through it, have better Overall relationships and probably their ha- overall happiness is better. I can say that mine is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, like, yeah, I think, but you know, I do, I, do, I believe that, and I, I do think that also like it is really healing and it's very like transcending like you know especially when you look at kinks there's so many things that are very very it makes a lot of sense when you look at them to go oh I can see why people are into that kink or that kink like it's really something that they need to experience and those things change as well and sometimes Mm -hmm. kink, maybe I'm sure people get like okay well I've done it now and, and I'm over I want to do something else and it's really really healing it's such an important part of us I mean sex is really important when you think about the energy behind it it creates life there's nothing more powerful Powerful than that right in terms of what we can do as humans you know naturally it's it only the reason life. we're it's still life. here that's it that's it it's exactly when you think about it's it it's got to be know, kind of important right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah 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 so okay and then another episode that yeah. i listened to was sexually matched with and is her, is her name asa Bav? yeah I, so is a so i think in english she say asa but she's uh she's Swedish is Osabov. okay. A, yeah. yeah. Both, yeah.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. and so
0: she makes the distinction between being personally matched... Versus sexually matched, which I think is Mm -hmm. really, I love the way she broke those two. And, you know, I mean, sexual attraction is important. And I guess, where does that fall for you when you're dating? Are you looking for that? Are you looking more so to be, do you lean towards being personally matched? Or is it, are you leaning more towards being sexually matched?
1: So I think being sexually like having like a sexual match, the way they do it, because they are like the matchmaker and they will they will ask all these questions. So one of those things, for example, if I'm if I want to be more of a sub and I'm looking for a dumb that that goes into the criteria. So you already know if you're gonna date that that person is yeah that's what they're into as well. So you almost don't even need to be qualifying that, why right? you don't have to go through all the dating and the and the sex, yeah. sex, you know, to figure that out. But I think to me, like, to me, sex is really important in the sense that, like, that is, because like you, I feel like I'm too young to, and I'm 42, and I feel like I'm too young to not still have a good time at it, you know, to not explore it. I feel like I've only, we, touch the top of the iceberg. Yeah. I feel really actually inexperienced, even though that's probably why I talk about it so much on the podcast. And why I'm also like drawn to your podcast is because I want to learn. I'm like, I know there's more to this, right. really more to what I'm experiencing. Right, exactly. So, so there's a lot more. And, and so it's important to me, but what I've come to also understand is that what is just as important is really like that personal match in terms of the quality in a man. So like, you know, what we were saying about picking up the tab, what I really want is like a gentle giant, you know, and a personality of someone who's expansive, you know, who I can have a conversation about sex, but I could also talk about my theories around UFOs. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, of course. Of <laughs> course. yeah. Life and stuff, Right. So I think, so it's very much to do because the mind for me, that's where also like, I get very attracted with the mind. Sex to me is very much a, a mind game as much of the relaxation game. So I have to be really attracted to their mind. So. So that and their personality. So, it's very important. Like, I've been dating quite a lot lately, you know, since now that we can. So, I've been, you know, going back out there and I've met men who, you know, very nice and stuff. But all of a sudden, they'll say something and I'm like, oh, man. Like, I can see the very narrow minded or quite judgmental or things like that. And I'm just like, oh, I can't introduce it to my friends. Like, I, I'm cringing here. Like, you know, like, the yeah, it's not. Yeah. So, I think it's very important that someone who has an open mind and a hunger for life. So it, I would say both, like the personal stuff. But that would almost translate in the sex as well, won't it? Because if someone's open-minded and they're gentle, they will want to make you happy. They will want to make sure that, I'm not saying you should force a kink on them, but let's say it has a quality to them
0: to yeah. make you comfortable in sex, right? Yeah. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Oh, it's tough. I've, <laughs> I don't think, I can say this. I haven't... The way I come to probably the most important and pivotal relationships in my life, you know, the ones that stand out have been initially more, it was initially more the sexual draw. I've certainly had, and so I won't, I haven't gone the other way. It hasn't wow. been that we had all of the just, I guess, lifestyle, personal, you know, likability, lineups, line up first. And then, then the sexual happened. For me, it's been the sex has just been off the Richter scale. And a lot of times it's with somebody that you don't even, you wouldn't, you don't think that's your type. And then you come to appreciate just different things about them and it blends and it meshes and you never would have had that experience if it just if I just would have gone with like the personal aspects, lifestyle aspects, income aspects, whatever, like you know all of my normal like on what I call like on paper, on paper criteria, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because what I've found is that my on paper criteria doesn't always match up with what I need that's best for me, right, and. So the most pivotal relationships I've had have been ones where I was just like, I don't even think I like this guy, you know, and then all of a sudden, boom, fireworks, it's hot, it's sexy, and it goes from there and, and the respect and the friendship and all that paper stuff develop out of that. So it's a little bit of the reverse. Mm -hmm. I know people say like, oh, you know, if he's a good match for you, then you'll develop these other things. And I think that you do, you will develop a a respect and a love for that person, but it's not going to be deep, deep, deep. And what... I think it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's
1: like I mean, for me, like if I if I'm not feeling a sexual chemistry, like or an attraction of some kind after the second date, you know, I'll always give someone a second date if I feel like you know there was a you know there was something there. But I'm also. So, you know, so that is important. I can't, you know, like, it's not enough that they're like, you know, a kind person and they have an open mind. So there has to be something there that draws you to them because obviously you can't, you can't force those things. Right. So, and at the same time, I'm also like, I I have become a bit wary now of, if i strong physical attraction that is it some some, some someone that shouldn't be actually, you know, messing with because of that strong attraction, you know? Yeah. But I guess it's also being self aware, you know, to know that I mean I'm hoping that I've come like a long way in my journey enough to know that I am not I am now I'm really turned off by things that are not good for me, like toxic dynamics. So whereas you know, now actually a man who actually steps up and wants to do this and make sure that I get home. Okay. And all these things are now a turn on for me. They used to be very boring to me. So I'm kind of hoping now that and that's a bit I'm exploring a little bit at the moment is that if I am feeling a sexual chemistry, is this because it's a red flag or not? And actually the, I had a date a couple of weeks back. The first date was great. Great. So I mean, and not straight away, but then somehow like something happened. And I was just like, and he became like quite sexy. I felt I'm quite, quite attracted. And, and actually me a little bit and it was like oh I hadn't felt melting feeling in a long time Yeah. and he, he shot, you know and then he said you know we had a dinner then we had, went for a drink and then he ordered a car for me for me to go home and he had his own car for him to go home soon they we were a very, very pure, real gentleman and then second date turned around and so obviously I was really excited and the date went well and it was great and then all this stuff came out and I was like, oh, this is like red flag after red flag after red flag after red flag after red Uh, flag after red flag and I got turned off. Thank God I got turned off. But I was just like, so that's the bit I have to a bit find out at the moment. So that's why I'm sort of like very much, uh, like I need to know that this person is someone, you know, who's, who's a good, oh, sure. good man. Oh yeah, but I mean, it's like, but I, I need, I, mean, I need that chemistry, you know. But so, but some of us don't. They can have, they can trust that chemistry. Like I'm hoping to get to that stage where, when I'm feeling that chemistry, it's actually a healthy chemistry, and that's the bit that I'm a little bit not sure.
0: Yeah. Yet. Well, and some people. I mean, just to just to clarify, some people are looking more for the on-paper matchup. That's where they find their security and that's what makes them happy. The sex, they're not that sexual anyway themselves and it's not important to them. And those people find their matches and they just, that's fine. What you know, the ability of a the quality of a relationship is just the ability of that relationship to meet the needs of the two people involved. And so if that's happening, then again, more power to them. I don't begrudge no. anybody that I'm not trying to say what's right or wrong. I'm just saying I've come to learn that yeah. kind of the way I was doing it before wasn't really getting me the results that I want. Although I was with some great, great guys and I was just like, wow. Yeah these are great guys. Like it's on paper. They are perfect. Like I'm so lucky to have them in my life. And, you know, and why can't I like, they kind of want to steal the deal and make it official. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, some guys wanted to get married, you know, and I'm just like, something in me was just like, this is just not right for you. And it was just what was missing was, you know, it was like being with my best friend all the time, which is great. That's amazing. And I want that. But I want that with someone that I'm also want to rip his fucking clothes oh, off. And I think about it percent throughout the day and I get wet just like and I yeah. get excited knowing when I come home, I get to see him or that I'm going to go see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like. It's oh, not yeah, like me. Uh, it's not like me saying, "Yeah, oh, at the end, oh, I'm okay." Well, yeah, great. Tonight I get to go out with so and so, and we're gonna da 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 da. You know, it's like like going out with one of my good girlfriends. That's exciting too. You look forward to it, but it's not in the yeah. same, not the same it's level, not the same way. No, no, like
1: I want my partner in crime who I can trust and who we can have like crazy sex together. Yeah. that's what I want. But I'm trying to find out how to get it without burning my my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> completely. yeah. But I think yeah, because I think. Sex is really, sex is really important. I mean, it has been important enough for me to, to stay in situations I shouldn't have stayed in. And I think so, but yeah, it is really important. And, and I heard someone say not long ago is that you cannot choose who, who your heart loves, right? You cannot choose who who you have feelings for. And that's, that's that's the bit that, that's the intangible. That's the intangible. That's how all of a sudden, you know, you're with someone, you have a chat and all of a sudden you go, wow. Yeah. I." wow, what's going on here? Like, this is like, you're feeling something different. Chemicals. And it's a great moment. It's a great a chemical. I mean, it's in, hormones are fantastic. And hormones, oh, they do all yeah. kinds of stuff to us. Right? I but, love
0: them. I yeah. <laughs> love them. <laughs> I do. Yeah. No, I do. And I, I embrace them. And that's what I, I just like. I love all of that fun Juicy, sexy stuff. And I just know that for me, I can't live without those things. And a lot of people can or resolve themselves to the fact that they, you know, because of the relationship that they're tied into that they will or that's fine. And I just know for me, I'm like, no, you know, I know I can't do that. It's a barrier for me. So I, I, again, you know, I think going, just going back to that episode that I was referring to, I think it's, I thought that was a really interesting episode and I love the way it was broken down and it was thought provoking. And I felt like, wow, you know, like a lot, I think a lot of people, at least if they can identify where they're at and understand it mm-hmm. a little better, you know, it would be helpful, moving forward and it's there's no right or wrong answer really because it's all it's on it's individualized yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i think i think it's great that that matchmaker you know ask you and and i'm actually in the process of signing up with them so uh, i'm actually quite excited so you know and it's quite nice because often you know matchmakers i've been with a matchmaker before you know they never ask you
0: they don't ask you about about your sexual preference and i'm
1: like like, I'm, this is really important to me. I'm a good girl. I can be a good girl, but this is really important to me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like I, you know, it's like, That's... it's so important. I mean, it's, you know, you you better, I mean, because it, it's hard because you can go on dates with people and all of a sudden they may be into sports and you're not. And then what do you do then? You're just going to feel disappointed and upset that you
0: can't move things forward. And yeah. then what? Yeah. So you may as well know, you know. Right. Yeah. So are you? It sounds like you're single and you're just out. You're currently just dating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> single, ready to mingle. Yeah. That. that that's <laughs> hey. Me too. What What are you looking for ultimately?
1: I really want, like, I really like that partner in crime thing. I've been saying this for years. I just want like my partner in crime. I want like I just want some, like, I want someone who, for me, laughing is really important. Laughter's great. Sex, feeling safe. I like a gentle, gentle bear, gentle giant. That's the kind of I like that. Yeah, and just just someone who's sort of like curious, curious about life, wants to explore. Yeah, yeah. I just I want to have a, I want to have a great time. And I want to be able to I want to be able to go back in that place of feeling that I can relax into love in a relationship and mm-hmm. having. So I think you grow, I grow so much when I'm in a relationship. Really, I mean, I grow a lot being single too. But there's a different level I find that whether I am actually in a relationship and learning through triggers and through just love as well just yeah someone who got your back and you've got their back is a nice right feeling.
0: oh it's the best i know so okay i like to ask this is there a heroine in a movie or a book that you see yourself that you identify the most with and who is that and why do you know what? um the first
1: name that came up was like jessica jones and I'm, I'm i don't think i'm anything like her but i just really like her because she's unapologetically rude and but just so honest and she's just really strong physically strong and now wait jessica just, jones just, is, is tell people from, who marvel, just, from oh right so yeah Jessica Jones from the marvel i think it's marvel movies or series on netflix okay uh, so marvel so she's like a superhero okay she is a superhero so she has like super strength but she's you know she's really a beautiful woman at the same time uh, and she can just drink whiskey uh, endlessly without getting drunk and she has a very high libido she just has sex she doesn't care yeah so she's just unapologetically herself yeah but she's also a bit of a tortured soul so I'm not sure I'm not like her but I just I love her I just I'm like I love heroes that are just rude but from a good place they're like yeah. they've got a good heart but it's just yeah they're just a
0: bit yeah and, okay and a I, bit dark yeah I like that. Well, you know what? So, okay, so I didn't know what you were going to say, but this is kind of interesting. Uh, mine is a little, my, my heroine is a little more traditional, but I think, oh. there's, this, I think there's a big similarity. You could, you could have, you could probably take these two characters and their characteristics are really applicable to, to the situations they're in. And um, so mine is Scarlett O'Hara. I love her oh yeah that's a good choice I love me some Scarlett O'Hara and because I consider the Scarlett O'Hara Rhett Butler dynamic like a dom sub dynamic and that's what she needed he came along and just whipped her little spun her little world around and whipped her into shape and she's just this type A like you know I can go through this famine and these wars and I'll pull it off and still look I'll make rip these drapes down and make a dress out of them still look good you know but what she needed what she needed was, she needed that Rhett Butler <laughs> to come in. And... I need, I need to watch, I need to watch that again actually, because mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great, that's an epic movie. Yeah, oh my god, awesome. when he carries her up the stairs and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be lonely tonight. I was like, oh yes, baby. <laughs> Yeah, i know. It's good, isn't it? I know. Also because she just melts
1: when you know, I think it's at the last scene where you see she melts in his arm and she's been like this strong woman all along and, and that's the thing, isn't it? That's someone that makes you melt. It's that feeling of oh I can safety finally, We, we like, can do it on our own, we know that, but we don't do we want to? That's the that's the no. question. Like, do we want to? No, I don't. I don't want to. No, I, can, I don't want to.
0: <laughs> no. I'm not confused. Yeah. I'm I'm not confused about this. I'm very grateful that we live in a society that allows women to go out there and conquer the business world or stay home. Yeah, And I chose to conquer the business world. But when I come home, I want to take that hat off and I want to be with a man that I know is in charge like so that I don't have to constantly be on high alert and be at a level 10. I want to be with him. When I'm with him, I want to be in all of my wonderful female energy and just exhale with it you know and let yeah. that yes,
1: exhale that's yeah. the word absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely
0: yeah so yeah. I think I know we spoke about this on our little pre-call but I'm just mm-hmm. I think you need to I really do think you need to explore some dominant submissive dynamics yeah. because
1: yeah, if, I do I do I want to if mm-hmm. I had
0: to generically like describe it to someone who didn't know anything about it, I would say it's a Rhett Butler, Scarlett O'Hara. It's not threatening. It's not the stuff that it's not the misconceptions that people think it is. It's that's the dominant submissive dynamic is just that it's really a power exchange between the two people involved. But the actual and the kink you know, the stuff that you guys explore sexually is something that's different because there's, you know, there's so much that falls under that that you could do or can't do. But just the general way of being with each other and how you move around in the world together with that dom-sub dynamic. Oh my gosh, it's, it's hot as fuck. And, and
1: you, you, <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I think there's a lot, I think there's definitely a lot, a lot more couple like that successful couple as, you know, in terms of together and having a good, good life together yeah. more than we actually think or people want to admit i think also like the you know i think that the misconception around dumb and sub is the uh, people think is aggression or violence against women because they hear those words they hear dominant and obviously dominant rethinking thinking muscles and stuff but like i think there was like in in an episode that you did with the uh, sewing and wolf mm-hmm. um and sewing he meant sewing he mentioned this example about this in the episode, he mentioned this episode about this guy who contacted him on social media and he said, Oh, you know, I get my, you know, I go home and, and my woman, you know, uh, we have sex when I want, how long I want, how hard I want, like, you know, just really nasty. And and, he, and I'm, I'm really like, I like that he showed the example to say that is not what this means. This is not what this means. And and to me also, when I heard him say that example, I was like, yeah, that sounds so disgusting, and aggressive. Like I want to punch that guy in the throat who says that. Yeah. Says, like, that, like that's abusive. That's really abusive. Right. And that's not what it's about. That's what like, I always like to say, like a gentle giant, because yeah, I do really need that gentle, t- I need that gentleness on so many levels To So it's like, and it is like, and it doesn't mean that you don't have rough sex and stuff like that. But it's right. just there has to be—it's very consent is really important, you know, in that area that that we want to do. That we, are, you know, it's a safe space. It really is a safe space. And people who—it's not about hating one sex or the other sex. It's you know, it's uh, no because some. And again, I, I need to explore it, but that's in my mind anyway. That's yeah, no,
0: you mind, sh- yeah. you definitely. I mean, you should. I think, like I said, it really. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It. Re- I mean, I just, oh, oh, I love it. I mean, I really do. I don't even know. I don't even know if I, you know, I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. It just is something that it's probably been the one thing that has made the biggest impact on me as a grown up. you know, I mean, as a woman that can actually receive and process what that means and apply it and how that works for me. It's just been the biggest life-changing kind of revelation as a grown-up, you know, and when you get older, like there's just not a lot of things that you that shock you or surprise you anymore. This just rocked my world. So I want to ask you, what is the one thing, you know, from your it could be even your childhood or adulthood or any, you know, at any point that you think has just most shaped your sexual preferences or desires? Mm, I think there's a couple of things.
1: One is like discovering like parts of me sexually when in a loving relationship, like that one I mentioned before, the one in my twenties. You know, like I realized, oh gosh, you know, there was all these things we were discovering together, and that's not How that shaped my idea around sex is that you know it's it's all explored. You know, it's it's an exploration. You really you don't know. And in terms of what's happened, you know, shaped my sexual preferences is that you know when dating. So you know, obviously I'm 42, I'm single, so I've been I've been dating for a while. And is realizing that actually I don't really have a type. It's just that it's it's almost like my taste changes and evolves as I go along because I'm like, oh, I didn't know that I was into that kind of look or that this or that that. Because many, I don't know what you, you want to say, but just you know, it's just like all of a sudden you go, oh wow, okay, I didn't know, I didn't know, and it's like you don't know until you try something, and that's the thing. And I think it's not about forcing someone to like a certain type of people. It's not that, it's just, you you, you, you have to exploit yourself. And it, that, you know, it has to be something that you, it happens naturally, right? And maybe it doesn't change, but you stay within the same arena and that's fine. But like to me, that's dating, I realized that if you put anyone I've been with in the lineup, they look so different, but really in terms of like the type of men they are, they're probably all very similar. <laughs> They're just a yeah. kind of different costume is what I yeah. call it. So that's the, co- the costume trap. You think, oh, you know, look, this is different. It's not different. But um, yeah. so, so that's I would say that. And then the the, the last bit I would say in terms of because we're saying about childhood, I think that now I can say this because I know your podcast is a bit naughty. Yo, so, oh it's naughty. Um, one of the, yeah. <laughs> is that for me, being called a good girl is a lot more sex than being called a naughty girl. I mean that's like yeah that's that that's like a, that's to me. Like I was trying to get Mike to to call me that, and he was like, "Oh, you know, you know." I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. not a good girl." <laughs> yeah. You know, for letting you do this, it's like so. That to me, that's like, and I think that probably comes from a place. It must come from something in childhood. You know, yeah, wanting to be the good girl or something, or, or seen as a good girl.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, I love it during a sex act to be told, you know, I'm a good girl. And it's usually, usually when I'm like sucking his cock or something like that. He oh, just, absolutely. Just, it has to be when yeah. You, it has to be the most compromising situation. Absolutely, right? you're a good girl. And, <laughs> and really, <laughs> I think what it is is just knowing that you're pleasing your partner because when you're in that submissive role. Uh, that's the one thing, you know, we're just to kind of bring it back around to what we were talking about earlier with when the man is the man, it's not just him. You know, it's not just about, well, what can he give me or what can he do for me when I'm with a real man? I am so giving and I want to feed so much into what he yeah. wants and needs. And I know that the converse for him while I need that masculine, I know the converse is that he needs that feminine. And for me to get in my most feminine space I need a really you know I just need that dominant energy and then I can feed back to him what he needs and so when he tells me that I'm doing that by telling me you know like good girl and it's just a real fast little comment it's like bing I mean my I'm I'm getting turned down just like oh yeah no 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 no. it's (laughs) it's like yes yes, yes, yes. You know, like, yes, I am. I'm. A, you know, yeah, I mean, it yeah. just it feeds into yeah. it keeps me going. It, it's the fuel that, you know, lights the fire. So I'm with you on that. Like, yeah, I just totally love it. What's on your do you have a sex bucket list? Like what's on your sex bucket list if you have one?
1: Well, actually, my my next thing is that I do actually want to explore the the subdom dynamic. And I was actually going to ask you, like, I don't know if you're on the apps, but do you put down? I mean, I don't put that on the app, but like I sort of like try and do subliminal message, I guess, like I put like, you know, on Hinge, they have to give those quotes, you know, you have those cards and of the cards I have is, I'll fall for you when, and my answer is that I feel safe and cherished. So kind of hope, you know, so that they yeah. get what the feeling I'm after. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't put it on the want to get like all kinds of weirdos saying oh you know i'm gonna like put you on four and you know they just don't get it like so i'm not gonna i don't want to open myself to like some random messages but yeah so yeah that's the next thing so how you know i'll let you know if i find it
0: You will probably be yes. the first one I'll message actually yes Yeah, well, and we can talk up, you know, I'm happy to help like sort of steer you in that direction Any, you know, or give you any advice that I can with that. Um, Also, you know, I did mention so I I did talk to Sir Inc. about you and I was like, surely wants to learn about this stuff. Yeah and he, he just said oh yeah you know just message him he you know he knows who you are oh, so I yeah I'm oh, um, gonna oh, I, I, I kind of have to like not blush because his voice is like oh, he does it for me like, I know just like oh my gosh. I'm like stop talking stop talking <laughs> that's like some audio that's like some audio porn or something you know like it really is audio
1: porn yeah he could you know he could probably earn money on that like you know there's the Tri Queen app and all these like you know stuff like you can I, mean, I don't know how much money people get oh is that what they, they... don't get much to be like uh-huh. yeah, yeah. try triquin is i mean try Quinn is there's a few but like ways basically erotica but audio only yeah so i love that stuff because i am mean, that's why i do podcasts i love audio so yeah that you know that's a very good way in but yeah so that there, there are ways that it's like voiceover if you
0: like mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> so, yeah um okay, I'll, okay I'll mess
1: that's cool
0: Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, he, I told him, I was like, I, you have a fan. And <laughs> so he's, he's, he's really super cool, easygoing, but definitely he could also probably just kind of point you in the right direction. Yeah. And because there's a lot, unfortunately, with the boom of this becoming popular and a little more mainstream, the problem is that uh, there's a, people don't understand the difference between, a dominant male, a true dominant male and domineering. Domineering is, that's not what we're talking about. But I think there are things, like I said, I'm happy to kind of chat with you offline about just there's things you can put in your profile that where dominant men will pick up on like and yeah certain just kind of key key phrases key things you know that you can throw in there that they're gonna they're gonna gravitate towards and you can kind of put that in there and sort of weed out thin the herd a bit you know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah so you don't get stuck stuck with the ding dongs but yeah i mean i'm excited for you i totally encourage like i i after talking to you, you, say, I already know. I'm like, she needs this. You you need to experience this. It's going to rock your world. It's going to rock your world. I bet. a
1: bit, I bet. Yeah, a bit. <sighs> I'm quite
0: excited, actually. I'm excited
1: about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, Let's. I'm going to try to, I know we've been going for a long time here. What's coming for the rest of the year, you know, on your podcast? What can your listeners look forward to? And then just tell my listeners where all, you know, where they can find you if they want to reach out. Hmm. So,
1: um, yes, yeah, so there's a few, there's a few things uh, coming up. So I know, like, for example, I don't know, I don't know when this episode comes out, but like some of the few, some of the episodes are going to come out in the next few weeks is I have one, for example, with someone called Goddess Carol and we talk about sexuality and sex and like in good sex, but she talks as well from an angle of like how to, she calls it decolonizing the way we love others and relationship anarchy. But the way she talks about it is nice and we definitely had like some quite interesting conversation and so, yeah, and I'm hoping to sort of like having maybe Mistress Marley back on, or any other sex workers back on, because I just I really love talking with them. Yeah. And uh, we also have like the Dr. Robin Hornstein. she's back as well, and we talk about how to sort of march to your own drum and not care about what people think about you, and how to do this like in the world that's so judgmental and you know filled with conf- confirmation bias and that kind of stuff. And and yeah, there's a there's, and there's other things as well on sex and coming up too. But yeah, so that's, well, and that's and ho- so
0: you can, hopefully yeah. also maybe some of your own future podcasts about your. BDSM. Well, yeah, maybe that be
1: something about subdom. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and then maybe hopefully you as
0: well, Leila. Yes, <laughs> I'm supposed to be on. Too. I know, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So and then yeah, so you can find it. Like it's it's on. It should be on most places where you have podcasts. But it's called Tool for this shit, and it's S H. Asterix T and my website is Angie scom So that's where you, you you can find um the podcast.
0: Okay. And what about social media?
1: Uh yeah, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, it's at all for this shit as well on, on Instagram. let say I don't really do social media much. I may I may start to do a bit of YouTube. I don't know. But yeah, I don't really do social media much. But I'm on Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, but I think Facebook is as being angie. So but yeah, but Instagram's all for this shit.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. And everybody knows, guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, leave me a voicemail about it. Go to the CuriousGirldiaries.com, Click on the pink tab on the right hand side and leave me a message. And I promise to get back to you personally. And if there's anything you want Angie to know or you want to say anything to her, you leave me a voicemail and I will forward it to her. All right. Thanks, guys. Everyone stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye.